been laying on her heart. But Ingrid and I um, go back a long way. We've known each other for a long time. Um, we, uh, her church has very much been part of our church's journey as well with, with the previous pastor, Pastor Alan Hollis, who was there. So can we give Ingrid a huge welcome as she comes today? Thanks, John. Hey, it's such a privilege to be here with you guys uh, this morning, and uh, I know that you've been doing a journey on having women in leadership, and that's really great. I'm not going to talk to you this morning about why I can do what I do. Um, I think you guys are on that journey, and you're going to have a forum next week, which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, I have the privilege of pastoring Artify Community Church, and my journey has been a little unusual. So I did my training at Artify, and then I became the youth pastor. I was the youth pastor for seven years, became interim for about eight or nine months, and then I became, I took on the senior role and so I'm really privileged to be able to do what I do and I'm going to share a little bit of my my leadership journey because as John has said this morning I think sometimes women can find themselves in a place where they actually get overlooked for positions however I want to say this this morning as well that actually when God has put a call on somebody's life that he will make a way for them in that, and they have to actually trust God. And so I love what John talked about. Actually, the feminist women can come and they'll try and push the men out of the way. Actually, no, we're called to minister together. You know, God is into family. He's into family. We need voices. We need male voices. We need female voices. And together, God speaks to us. And so I love the journey that you guys are doing. I was praying this morning and um, God just dropped a couple of things into my spirit. And so I just want to start with that first. And first, I just want to honor John and Sandra. And uh, I felt like you guys have awesome pastors. You really, really do. (laughs) And I think pray for them because you know what? As pastors, we get the criticism and we get the people that say what they want to say. And I I felt like um, this is what God said to me. He said, what they've done is they've stood for something. They've stood for what they believed. They've stood for the presence of God. And actually, at times, that's brought some voices against and opposed to that. But I felt like God showed me, you carry a torch for the presence of God. And actually, in spite of the things that you've gone through, it's like sometimes you've been in deep water, but you've held the torch high. And I want to honor you today for what you do. And you know the interesting thing, like with the Olympic torch, it goes into different places and it kind of sets fires in other places. You know, they go on that journey to kind of put it into the... And I felt like you carry a torch for the presence of God. This place is amazing. I love the presence of God that you guys carry. Thank you so much for what you do. And you deserve to be honored. And I love the fact that this church honors them because I know you honored them for 20 years uh, just recently. And I've got another word this morning as well. Um, In Hosea 2, it talks about this woman who, I felt like there might be some people in here and you've kind of gone through some troubled times. It's like you've been in this wilderness. And so God um, speaks to this woman and he encourages her, he brings her into the wilderness and says it's a valley of acre. It's actually a valley of trouble and it feels like you're in trouble. But then in that place, in that valley of trouble, God opens a door of hope. And so I don't know if there's anyone in here today, but I felt like God just wanted me to share that. Dropped into my spirit yesterday. I want to share that this morning because no matter what place we end up in, God is there and he's able to make a way where there seems to be no way. And even in our place of trouble, he'll open up a door 
of hope. So I want to say this morning, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're old or whether you're young, whether you've been saved for 50 years or 20 years or a week or a few months, that actually whether you're male or female, whether you're born overseas or here, that actually God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And this Bible is full of promises of God that actually sometimes we find ourselves in a place and we're like, God, where are you? You've promised this, but God, I find myself in this place. And I want to encourage you today that actually God is in those difficult places and God wants to take us on. He doesn't want us to stay where we are. He doesn't want us to stay in a comfortable place. Actually, you know, in Western Christianity, we kind of go, well, God's blessing's on me if I'm comfortable. No, actually... God's blessing is on us as we follow him and we do what he has called us to. And it doesn't mean that it's always going to be comfortable. We're going to have to sometimes just step out of the boat and we're going to have to do some things and be courageous about that and allow God to come and to speak through our lives. Because you know what? It's not just for people that are pastors. This is about everybody picking up what God has called them to do because together we actually speak about Jesus and we share and we witness. Like God isn't finished with us yet. None of us, no matter how old you are, no matter if you've got a wheelchair, God has not finished. He's always going to carry us on. And guess what? Even if you can't get around very well, you can always pray. And you know what? Prayer makes a difference. (laughs) But we have to be willing. We have to step out of our comfort zones. So one of my favorite verses is, trust in the Lord with all your heart. All your heart, not just part of your heart, not just the part that you're kind of like happy with, but with all of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. You know, this thing here between our ears, it gets in the way sometimes of us following God. So trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, every single way that we take, at work, at school, at clubs, in all of our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. And so this morning, the title of my message is, there's a process to the promise of God. See, we can get a promise about a future event. We can get a promise that's maybe outside of what we're expecting for our lives. And sometimes we can go, God, where are you in that? But I want to say this this morning, that God is always at work bringing about his promises for our life. We have to trust him in the process. And so when I was 17, I got a prophetic word from David Costa. Some of you will know him. And he was a senior minister at the time. He pastored at Richmond Baptist. He gave me a prophetic word and he said to me, Ingrid, I believe that one day you're going to preach, teach and minister to people. Now, there were two things about that word which were unusual. One is that at 17 years of of age, I was extremely broken. I was suicidal. I was depressed. I had no hope. I was self-harming. In fact, I thought to myself, I'm never going to reach the age of 25. The other thing that's unusual about that word, (laughs) so David didn't look at me on the outside, he saw what God had placed in me, the potential. The other thing about that word is at that time, and David's given me permission to share this, is at that time, he did not believe that women should lead in churches. But when he, and 
that word said I would minister to people, not just to women. And since he's retired, God has taken him on this journey as he has been open to God and God has shown them actually that it's okay and he was involved in my induction um, at Arafai Community Church. It's been an incredible journey. But you know the prophetic word when we get given it we have to cherish it, hold on to it even in spite of the fact that it may not look like it's ever going to take a place in our lives. I mean you have to understand I had trouble even talking in front of people but you know God has opened doors in my life. He's made a way. And see, maybe you're sitting here today and God has given you some promises. God has spoken of his plans for your life. And maybe you feel today actually you've been overlooked because of your age or maybe you're here today and you have been looked, overlooked because you're female or maybe you just think, oh man, I'm too young, too old. You know, age is nothing to God. <laughs> and I want to encourage you today. That in spite of how you're feeling, in spite of what you're thinking, in spite of the challenges, that actually you will need to trust God in the process. See, I know what it is to feel overlooked. I know what it is to have uh, a senior pastor tell me, Ingrid, um, I am looking for a couple to take on the church. And in my spirit, I knew, I felt like maybe I'd go away and get married, but I felt like I was going to end up pastoring the church. But you see, God made a way. And if God has gifted us, you know, the Bible says that a man or woman's gift will make a way for them. People recognize the gift. It's not about actually wanting to have a position of authority in the church. Because you know what? There are men that don't believe women should lead churches in our movement. But actually they go, Ingrid, we respect you because you don't have anything against men. I don't. Because you know what? I have had men empower me, encourage me, and make a way for me. And you are blessed in this church. If you are young, you, I've watched this morning. Wow. Young people are given a voice in this church. A God-given dream will cost you. God doesn't promise us an easy and comfortable life. And one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Joseph. We find him in the Old Testament. And if you're a member, if you're here and you know the story, Joseph has these dreams. He's already his father's favorite. And then he has these dreams that his family is going to kind of bow down to him. I don't know about you, they're already jealous. <laughs> they're already jealous because he's his father's favorite. His father's given him special presents. But you know what happens is that actually God takes him on a journey, ends up in a pit, and then he gets sold to slavery by his brothers, and it's looking bad for him, isn't it? It's looking like nothing like that dream is going to happen. And so he ends up in Potiphar's house. He's serving well in the house. He's given a place of honor because God is with him. He rises to a position of power, and then he gets falsely accused of rape. And so he ends up in prison in another dark place. And God's favor is so on him that he rises in that place again. And then he ends up second only to Pharaoh. 
And I want to say this this morning, that there will be times in our life as we're following God that we might be doing all of the right things, but we'll find ourselves in a place of trouble. We'll find ourselves in a prison. We'll feel like we're all locked up. We're all shut up. But actually, I want to encourage you this morning that God is in that place. See, you're not alone in that place. And actually, God knows what he's doing in you. He sees a bigger picture than the one that you might be seeing right now. God sees a much bigger picture. And see, what we do is we look at our life, kind of a short part of our life. God sees the whole of our life, and he sees every other single person who is a part of that. This is a church family. Every single person in this place actually is part of a bigger picture. And I love that. See, we weren't, so we live in a in Christian, West, Western Christianity, where it's all about an individual. Actually, it's never been about individuals. It's been about God maybe calling individuals, but it's always been about a bigger design, a bigger plan. See, God's into family. There's his heart. And together we can do more. And so Joseph has this fantastic, fantastic attitude. And we can end up in this place where it's so difficult and we start to beat ourselves up and go, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me, God? How come I've been overlooked? How come this is happening? How come that's happening? Actually, sometimes it's just about timing. And like Joseph When actually we see a bigger picture, we can start to say, actually what other people may have meant for evil, God is going to come and he's going to use it for good in our life. And end up saving other people. See, it wasn't just about Joseph. It was actually about his whole family. It was about a nation that God wanted to save out of a time of famine. And if Joseph had not gone through what he went through, if he had not had a good attitude, I actually wonder what would have happened. Maybe God would have raised up somebody else. I don't know. You know, it will cost us to walk in God's will for our lives. See, when God, and if we want to be in a position of leadership, You know, God will test us. It'll cost us to learn to do the right thing when actually you might want to do the wrong thing. To actually keep loving people even though they might irritate you and rub you up the wrong way. Because guess what? Our God is a God of love. And he loves everybody. Everybody. I love that. Jesus didn't just come to save the people that had it all together. In fact, he said he came to seek and save the lost. He came to seek and save the broken. He didn't come for the religious people that had it all together and lived their life just ticking boxes. It all looked good. But actually, he came for the broken. Because you know what? When broken people get healed, it's not about them. It's about God. We're to glorify God and to lift him up. And so every day we get the opportunity to make choices about how we're going to live our lives. And in a particularly difficult time of my life as youth pastor, I got this prophetic word. I went to a Top of the South pastors meeting and this lady gave me a word. And she said to me, I just see you, Ingrid, I see you being kneaded like dough 
It's like, yeah, that's a good word. <laughs> Great word. Then she goes, but Ingrid, what I see God doing is I see like he's going to put you into the oven. <laughs> and then your people are going to be able to come and they're going to be able to feed off you. I'm like, don't like that word. <laughs> you know, it was true. We can wrestle against the plans of God for our lives. But actually, God is in the fiery trials that we go through as well. Guess what? Because he knows sometimes that unless we go through those fiery trials, actually, we're not going to be molded and shaped and made into who he wants us to be. And sometimes we're like, God, how come it's taking so long? See, I want to say this this morning. See, some people will actually, they'll grow up really fast, and that's great. But you know, like a garden, there are all sorts of different kinds. There's flowers, there's trees, there's shrubs. Every single one of those plants are all unique and different, and they all grow at different stages. And it takes, some plants grow quickly, some plants take ages. And you know, um, there's this bamboo plant in China and they plant it in the ground, and it seems all dark, and it can be a little bit like our lives. So the seed goes on the ground first year, absolutely nothing happens. Second year, absolutely nothing seems to be happening. Third year, absolutely nothing seems to be happening. And I don't know about you, but sometimes we give up at that point, don't we? But actually, in the fourth year, what happens is it grows 60 feet in six no, 80 feet in six weeks. But what has it been doing during that time? Its roots have been going down deep. And see, we might find ourselves in that dark place. But if we will keep our roots connected and connected with God, Jesus, the true vine, actually we will find that we'll come into a more spacious place. But we have to remain connected. We have to dig deep in those times of trouble. Don't compare yourself with other people. Don't go, oh man, God's really using them and like, well, what about me, God? Actually, comparison is a thief of joy. Theodore Roosevelt, he was a president of the United States. He actually ended up in a wheelchair with paralysis, but he was known for his exuberant personality. And I love that. Comparison is a thief of joy. Don't let the enemy steal your joy. He'll try and steal a lot of things, but don't let him steal your joy even in the difficult place. Jeremiah 29 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. See, we can wave that verse around. <laughs> and then other people can say, actually, that was spoken to the Jewish people who were in captivity. So how does it apply to my life? Well, actually, God's word speaks to every generation, if we will allow it. He will speak through the word to us. And so they were in captivity. They were, they were living in a different land. But God was speaking a message of hope to them because at a set time, they would come out of that place and they would end up back in their own land.
Your future is dependent. Our future is dependent on the choices that we make today. And look, I'm not perfect. You know, the great thing about God, he's not looking for perfection. He's looking for hearts that will pursue him and follow him. And when we make mistakes, he actually has the ability to come and remedy those mistakes. And he's able to come and he's able to, to take hold of those mistakes and then turn it into something beautiful. He can use it for his glory. So I'm not here today to say you have to have it all perfect and all together. As one of the young people said this morning, you know, we're not, all, we're not perfect as leaders, but we do the best that we can. In 2011, I went through a really challenging year. I look back now, I kind of wonder how I got through it. And, um, someone in a position of leadership in my church actually wanted to get rid of me. And so they started to, um, they talked to the elders and wanted to get rid of me. They didn't like my leadership. They started telling me, actually, Ingrid, your leaders don't like you. I had one of the biggest leadership teams in the church. And it was horrible. And it went on for a whole year. And I was accused of all sorts of things. But you know what God did in that year is actually, you know, I was forced to, like King David did, start to encourage myself in the Lord. So I could encourage my leaders. See, King David had actually gone out to war and he got sent home. He was actually going to go to war against his own people. It's kind of a crazy story. But anyway, he gets sent back home and while he's been gone, all of the men that were with him, their wives, their children, their livestock, everything got taken by the enemy. And you know, the men wanted to stone him. But David took time to encourage himself in the Lord. And you know, we need to learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord. It's great to have good pastors and good leaders, but actually we need to take time to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Because we become stronger. And God knows what he's doing in us. And so I'm going to share a journal entry uh, with you. I had to photocopy it. Um, that God gave me during that year. I'm just sharing my journey. And look, I, I just hope that your journey hasn't, doesn't have to be as hard as mine has been. But actually, I wouldn't trade it for anything now. Because God has made me who I am through the things that I've gone through. So this is what I felt like, you know, I took time to prophetically journal at the beginning of that terrible year, and I felt like God say this to me, Ingrid, I have confidence in you. Well, praise God, because I had no confidence in myself. I love you. I have prepared a plan for you. You are precious to me. Do not be afraid of name of the person. Trust him. I have put him into your life to shape you, mold you, and grow you. This time that seems so painful now, you will look back on and laugh about in the years to come because I'm working strength in you. Strength of mind, strength of character. I love you, Ingrid, but I need to plumb you to the depths of your being. Now that word plumb means to experience the worst extremes of, to plumb to the depths of despair. I need to plumb you to the depths of your being in order to be able to use you for my plans and purposes. You thought you knew the way. I did. 
You thought you knew the path, but you have no idea of what is in store for you. I haven't seen all of this come about yet, but for you will see many come into the kingdom of God, but it will not be about you. It will be all about me. That is why I'm at work in you, exposing your weaknesses. Because if they remain, the structure will not be able to be strong and carry what I have designed it to carry. God said this to me, so do not be afraid. Trust, trust, trust. When things don't appear to go so well, trust me. Don't trust in your feelings, trust me. Don't trust in your emotions, trust me. (laughs) See, we so often rely on our own feelings. But see, God is very much into process. He's not into microwave Christianity. He's not into just press a button and wow, we're perfect. And wow, we've arrived. (laughs) See, we are changed in every process that we go through in our lives. And you might be in a difficult place right now. And you're like, God, God, whereabouts are you in all of this? See, we go through trials. But the reality is, is some of the trials that you go through, I won't go through. But when you've been through something, maybe when you've been through sickness and it's been challenging and it's been difficult, then God will give you a voice. You'll have empathy to be able to speak into the lives of others who are going through it as well. See, God doesn't waste anything that we go through. Nothing is wasted in God. And some of us shed tears. You know, God actually bottles up our tears. They're so precious to him. He doesn't despise our tears. And see, some of us, we try and suppress our emotions and we go, well, I'm just going to kind of pretend that it's all together. Actually, it's okay to cry. It's okay to have emotions. It's okay to feel hurt, lonely, and all of those things. Just don't give up in that place that you find yourself in because one day God will use you to get alongside somebody else and speak encouragement into their life. So we we try and run away from anything difficult, don't we? I mean, I know I do. (laughs) Maybe you're not like me. Maybe you just go through life and it's all fantastic. That's cool. (laughs) God bless you. (laughs) You know, your journey is going to be very different to mine because, you know, God has called me into a position of leadership. But God wants to change and transform us so that we are able to be who God has called us to be in our families in our workplaces, because guess what? There are places that Pastor John, Pastor Sandra, they're not going to be able to get into, but God's got you in there. And families. God's got you in there. And sometimes, yeah, God will bring a stranger along to speak, but actually God has given us a voice for a reason, and we need to learn how to be wise and use it at the right time and in the right place, because you know what? Sometimes we just need to learn to shut our mouths as well. (laughs) I mean, I've got a big mouth, so (laughs) I've had to learn. I have a quote up on my wall at home. It says this, the journey is more important than the destination. See, it's so true. I don't know about people in here, but sometimes we think, man, I've arrived. Like, I'm, I've arrived. Man, this is great. Generally, I've found when I get to those places, it'll be like, man, then God's got something more for me. And I think, can I encourage you today? God has more for every single one of us. Every single one of us. I believe that today. 
But we have to be courageous and say, God, what are you calling me to do? Maybe he's calling you to step out of your comfort zone. Maybe he's calling you to get involved with children's ministry. See, it takes a whole body to be a body and to reach people. I love what God's doing with the children's ministry. But we need a whole team of people to be able to reach a lost and dying world. How are you building in your life? How are you building in your life? What's the foundation look like? In Matthew 7, 24 to um, 27, Jesus spoke about wise and foolish builders. He said this, he said, everyone who hears my word, see, it's easy to hear the word. He said, everyone who hears who heard his words and put them into practice would be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. He went on to say that everyone who heard his words but did not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. What are you building on? See, this church is built on a solid foundation. It's built upon Jesus, the chief cornerstone. And you know what it is to have gone through trials and difficulties. You've been shaken And it's changed some things. But I want to say this, it's a good foundation. It's a really good foundation because you're building on Jesus. And so you might look around and you'll be like, man, like, I know that you, I do know that you've lost some people. But guess what? Jesus is the one who builds his church. And the word says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And you guys have stood and you've been a light in your community. And God loves that. He will build his church. He is building his church. And you know what? I forgot to say this. I felt like God said the end is going to be better than the beginning with your ministry. The end is going to be better than the beginning. And I believe that the end is going to be better than the beginning. Because God's got a plan and a purpose for this church. And it has withstood every storm that's come against it. Why? Because Pastor John and Sandra and their leadership team, they believe it's Jesus that's the foundation. And they're building for Jesus. And it's going to endure. And it has endured. And it's going to continue on. What kind of things are you putting into practice in your life? See, as followers of Jesus, we're either listening to the voice of God and his words or we're listening to other voices or sometimes even our own voice. You know, our own voice can be our own worst enemy. Young people, your voice can be your own worst enemy because you can tell yourselves, actually, well, I'm no good or I'm a reject or, man, why would God ever use me? Actually, you don't know what God will do as you put your faith and your trust in God because he can take you to places that you only ever maybe even dreamed about. See, God is the one that does it. Don't be afraid to dream. 
Philip Brooks, an American preacher years ago, said this. He said, don't pray for easy lives. <laughs> pray for, to be stronger people. Do not pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for powers equal to your tasks. Then the doing of your work will be no miracle, but you shall be the miracle every day. You shall wonder at yourself and at the richness of the life which has come to you by the grace of God. See, God's not interested in how gifted we are. God's not interested. He will use people that aren't gifted. Why? Because it will give him the glory. Now, yeah, he uses people that are gifted as well. But just because we feel like we're not gifted, you know, it's about that story of the talents. Actually, some people have been given much. Some people have been given little. But if you use the little that you've been given, God will add to it. But we just have to be willing to say yes. And say, yep, God, I'll do that. If somebody asks you to do something, then do it. If somebody asks you to pray out loud, you know, it's like about actually getting out of our comfort zone. See, I don't know about you, but sometimes I hate praying out loud. I feel like everyone else is going to be judging me for what I say. And I think we all can be like that because some people seem like it's so eloquent and it just flows out of them. But you know what? God's not interested in how eloquent we are with our words. He knows our heart. He knows our heart. I truly stand here today by the grace of God. The prophetic word that I was given by David Costa in my time of pain and torment when I was suicidal and self-harming that I'd preach, teach, and minister to people, it literally dropped into my spirit like a seed. I didn't know how that word would come about. I didn't know what God would have to do to get me into that place. And I've traveled overseas. I lived in the States for a couple of years, but I had to trust God. And do not allow fear to stop you from stepping out. You might feel afraid, but actually if God is with you, no one can stand against you. See, we allow fear. See, what I love, these are the Joshua in the Bible. You know, Joshua was a warrior. He'd literally fought battles and won for God. But what does God do when he took over from Moses? What does God do? He says to him, Joshua, do not fear. Joshua, do not fear. Joshua, do not fear. I mean, this is a warrior and God is saying, do not fear. Why? Because fear is our number one area, um, thing that we all battle against. Every single one of us battles with fear. But actually, when we put our faith and our trust in God, he's able to do more than we can ask, think, or imagine. <laughs> but it's about him. It's about him. And when we step out, he gives us courage to step out again, and to step out again, and to step out again, and to step out again. And even if you fail the first time, get up again. Do not allow the enemy to keep you in that place of defeat. I think I'm out of time. <laughs> Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God is able to do more than we can ask, think, or imagine. And he does it for his glory 
not for ours. And today I want to ask you, what are you believing for? What promises have you been given from God's word that you're still believing for and you're still in process for? The Bible says that God fulfills all his promises and he's loving towards all that he has made. How we respond to circumstances, to the difficulties, to the obstacles and to the pressure that comes on our lives will determine our destiny and our future. And if we take time to listen to God every day, take time to read the Word, don't neglect the Word. This Word is powerful. If we take time to get that into our lives and allow God to build strength and character in us, then we will be able to withstand every storm that comes our way. God is a God who restores heals and delivers. And our God is a God who sets us free from the past. He doesn't take us from, uh, from us, but he sets us free so it no longer defines us. God is able to turn what was meant for evil into good in our lives. He's bigger than the challenges. He's bigger than the obstacles. He's bigger than the difficulties that you are facing right now. Because the Bible says this, greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. And I want to ask you this morning as I close, will you put your trust and your faith completely in God in spite of what you are feeling, seeing and experiencing right now so that he can come and he can make straight your paths. God wants you to know this morning that he is with you in whatever you're facing right now and that if you trust him, he will work that all out together for good in your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks, John. Apologies for running over time, I think.